Welcome to Conversations with Connors. I'm your host, Adam Connors. With us today, what most people consider to be the ambassador of Hoboken, the sixth borough, Joseph Joe Mindak. All right, I'm happy to be sitting here with my friend Joe Mindak, the man who should be the mayor of Hoboken, the sixth borough. <laughs> Joe's a friend. We've been friends for, I guess, 10 years, although it feels like it's been longer. You're like a, a kindred spirit, Joe thinks just thinks <laughs> is probably the best way <laughs> to describe. You think about people. You think about relationships. Uh, deep guy, deep contacts, deep experience, and, and just really interesting. Joe, if you don't mind, talk to us. Walk us through your background, um, what you've done. We're going to talk about HMAG, obviously, a lot, mm-hmm. and, uh, and how you think about relationships. Loaded question. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, relationship build build businesses right and that's what it's all about so if you don't have relationships you're not going to grow your business you know and people buy from you you might have a great product or service but if you don't have a good relationship with that person they're going to move on to the next person that could give them a better price or have a new app or have a new way of doing something they're going to drop you and go on so you know some of my best clients were the ones that i had the best relationships with and would never leave me for anything or at least give me the heads up if they were going to to say hey listen joe we're you know we got this better price. Can you, you know, do a little better? So, um, so yeah, every business I've ever built, the relationships have been what have built those businesses, right? And you got to meet people and talk to them and, and build that relationship. But then they'll start to trust you, and then they'll start to give you business. But before that, they're not just going to blindly go and give you business. So, um, so relationships are, are definitely the, the the stronghold of any any business, I think. Um, so my background, you know, I got out of college. I got involved with my dad's printing business. He had a one-man print shop in Anglewood, New Jersey, did great, raised five kids and, and made some great money back in the 80s off of you know doing what he did. And he was a great salesman. And talk about relationships, every one of his clients loved him, you know, and they would take him out. And and he was the, you know, he was the life of the party, but a, a great salesman and also got the job done, right? So um, when I got out of college, I needed a job. No one would hire me without some sales experience. And I was living at home and my dad's business was kind of taking a hit because Kinko's and computers came out and, you know, your small print shop wasn't as, as necessary as it once was. Um, so I said, let's help each other. And I got on, got my year done. And then I said, you know, why go sell for Adam Connors and make 10% of the deal? Why don't I just sell for myself and make all of it? So we uh, took out a loan and expanded the business and went from you know, $200,000 print shop to, you know, within five years, about $3 million, you know, marketing agency and kind of went from there. So, so that was how I started it and got into marketing. And from there, you know, I started to look at, you know, why am I helping these people with their marketing? And, you know, they may drop me or go for somebody else or sell their company. And then I'm left with, with what, why don't I start marketing my own businesses? I know how to do it now. So, any business, you know, it's relationships, but also how do you market and how do you sell well? So that was my idea. So I bought some soup stores in the city from uh, Seinfeld and Soup Nazi came out and started Soup Man. Those were a total bust. Nothing to do with me. They just didn't have. I bought the one franchise that didn't have a system in place. Um, but, you know, we were marketing it. It was just uh, not a good product. Um, then I, I bought a smoothie shop in Hoboken and it was kind of 
doing really well and we did it right with it, but we had lost so much money on the soup stores, we couldn't keep that going. Uh, so that was my first foray into like my own business to try and market it myself and learned a lot that retail is not the way to go. And it's just it's tough brick and mortar store paying six to $10,000 a month in rent, it's tough. So then we launched HMAG and a lot of people, you know, either listening, know in Hoboken, HMAG, you know, within you know, two years of launching became a household name in Hoboken. And that was because of marketing. It wasn't because of, you know, it was the greatest magazine ever known to man. We did a really great job with it. Um, but it was all about how we marketed that and how we got that name out there. You know, and people would come to me like, I don't understand what you do. You know, they own a small business in town. HMAG is everywhere. You know, how do you guys do that? I said, well, it's marketing, right? That's what we do. And that's how we could grow our business. So, you know, with HMAG, what we decided to do was not only launch a magazine, it was also, you know, how do we help our agency grow? And a lot of our clients that we noticed were living in Hoboken were, um, you know, our biggest clients like Pfizer. We'd go to meetings and they would say, yeah, I live in Hoboken. You know, I live in Hoboken. Everyone we met, I live in Hoboken. So why don't we take this magazine idea we had, it was a good niche for a great town, and make it the most beautiful, creative, you know, um, you know, photography, everything about it was just great and get it to all these people that live in these condos and in townhomes in this town and our potential clients. So the, the, the idea behind HMAG is not only have a great magazine to highlight this town, but also get potential clients for us, and it worked. Can, we, can I cut you off for sure. one quick second? When you say for us, so you had another company before HMAG. Yeah, so I had Tisha Creative was my creative agency, and we wanted to get new clients, so let's highlight what we could do creatively as an agency with this beautiful 64-page brochure magazine that went to basically every doorstep in Hoboken and it would land on the doorstep and and I would get a call from um, you know Associated Press you know um, this woman called me Sabrina from there and said hey I got your magazine I love it we need some help with some creative stuff at AP and next thing we're, we got a $40,000 project we're doing Associated Press not a bad client to have on your roster right um, I got a call from uh, an email from Brad saying you know I love your magazine got on my doorstep I work for Time Magazine. I just wanted to say what a nice job. And he's the head of digital marketing for Time. So I said, hey, thanks, Brad, by the way. I, uh, I'm, I have a creative uh, a digital marketing agency. Let's talk. And we talked. Uh, so we really did a great job of that. Um, and then how we marketed HMAC was let's, let's network in Hoboken, right? Let's get people out of these places that they're sitting in and come to some parties and come to some events. So we not only launched a magazine, we said, how do we get all these people out? So we started H Mixers, which were once a month, we would go to a different bar that advertised with us. We would promote the bar. We would bring in different um, charities every month and then different groups in town. So bring it all together, right? And it's, so we would do, for example, we go to Biggie's and we would have the Hoboken Ski Club that has 600 members, all prof young professionals, right? Uh, they would come and then we would have, you know, let's, the homeless shelter as our charity that night. So we would expose people to biggies and what they have to offer. We expose them to potentially joining the ski club. And, and here's how you could help out with the shelter. And also, by the way, it's all brought to you by HMAG. And check out our magazines. They're all over the place here. And so people get to know HMAG and get to know the shelter and get to know all that. And then every month we would do a different one, right? So we'd always have a different uh, charity and group there. So every month we're exposing ourselves to new people, new organizations. So that's how we got it out. And obviously all the other things that we did with the path advertising. Um, and then we went on to do the music festival, which was a whole nother 
ball of wax that we never intended to do. It just, uh, you know, we had done a music issue and uh, River and Ocean Clark, our, uh, River was our photographer. His twin brother Ocean was a, 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 a painter. And we did this music issue and they painted the backs of eight naked women very tastefully um, for this music issue. And it had the Rolling Stones. If you remember the Pink Floyd album, they had that back in the day. So we had the Rolling Stones, Nirvana, all these different album covers painted. Walk me through. So great idea. It was a great cover. The magazine, anyone who's listening knows it's a, it's a phenomenal product. But uh, there's a story behind that cover, right? Isn't there? It didn't just, it, I mean, it literally happened overnight, right? But you had Yeah, to, well, you know, us, me, you know, I'm, I come up with creative things, but I'm more of sales and marketing. So when it comes to like, what do we do for this issue? We're doing a music issue. We go to the people that are creative, and that's River and Ocean. And, and Kevin, obviously, my partner, uh, was our creative director at HMAG, my partner. Uh, but we would usually go to River and say, hey, here's our idea for the cover. What do you got? And we said, look, we're doing a music issue, so we're going to talk about the music scene in Hoboken and this, that, and the other thing. What do you got? He's like, why don't we find some women that would be open to painting their backs like the Pink Floyd album cover from back in the day, and we'll put them on the cover, and we'll paint all these different album covers. And we said, okay, well, it's Tuesday. You want to do the shoot tomorrow. Where are you going to find eight women that are okay with coming to a bar taking their clothes off and letting somebody paint their entire back. And the next morning, we were there doing it. I don't know how he does it or what the what his role is, but he did it. And I was uh I, my wife called me and said, "What are you what are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm delivering pizzas to, you know, these naked women over at DC's in in Hoboken." What are you talking about? I said, "Well, we're shooting this cover and I brought over like five pizzas and there's, you know, these naked women walking around and half of them are painted already and half are not. But it was just, it was really, really cool. Not because there's naked women around, obviously it was fine. But the fact that they came up with something so creative and did it so beautifully, like when you see the cover and it comes out, it was eight women sitting at the bar and these beautiful album covers painted on. And again, all tastefully, nothing showing, but it came out so great. And that really, that cover, I think, really catapulted HMAG as like, this isn't some hometown little magazine. This is like, this is up there with other magazines that are, you know, I don't want to say Rolling Stone compares those things, but you know, these guys are pushing the envelope and doing really cool stuff. Um, and with that, we decided, you know, as we were doing that magazine, we're like we're talking about music. What about doing a music festival? And so H Mag Music Festival came to be, and we, you know, we didn't know what we were doing, but well, you know, you just throw stuff at the wall and see what happens. So we got the pier, which is now Pier 13, and put on this music festival. And we had eight bands throughout the day. We actually had uh, maybe eight or ten, whatever. We had half the bands play during the day on the pier 13. And we had, you know, some things for the kids to do, some bounce houses and different hokey stuff. Um, and then at night we had four or five bands, I forget how many, play at Maxwell's at night. So we brought that whole music scene together and just had all these local bands play. And it was a really great day. And then the next year, we decided to step it up, and we got PRA. We worked with the town and the mayor and said, we want to use PRA. And so that's how PRA really started putting on events and stuff. I don't remember. What, what year was this? This was 2009 to 2010, yeah. you know. So you know, I don't remember anything going on much there um, before that, or maybe I just wasn't going down there. But we started. We got a big stage and with the backdrop of the city, and we had eight bands play all day long from noon to 10 p.m. at night. We had... 
Now, bigger bounce houses for the kids, and we had a beer garden, and we had the Devils come with their mascot and, and the whole hockey rink, and the, the, the Red Bulls came and did soccer stuff. So it was an event to come down. Anyone anyone was allowed. It was free, and bring your kids down, come listen to music, grab a beer, and, and have a good day. And it was it was awesome, and it built up over a couple of years, and we changed it to Lackawanna Music Festival, and it just kept you know growing and growing. The last one we did, we had about 8,000 people there throughout the day and just – it was a great festival. We brought in some good bands, and it, it really you know, kind of kept the music scene going, I think, or at least helped it in, in, in Hoboken. So, Putting together an event like that is no small feat, mm-hmm. um, no small task, more it's a, a, a pretty big feat. Tell me about the types of people that you had to interact with and all the things that went on behind the scenes to make that event such a good event. Well, it's like anything, right? Like now with my new business, The Connective, it's, you know, connecting people with the right people that could get the job done. So, right, anyone has an idea, uh, it could be a great idea, but you got to get the people that know what they're doing to put that idea to fruition, right? So uh, the main thing that, that helped that festival get going, the first year we had no idea what the hell we were doing. We just, you know, put a little stage together. It was a small scale, right? So we got it done, but it was, it was, it was you know, barely got by, got by what we were doing. But the next year, we actually found a company right here in Hoboken um, called This Is It Productions, right? And this is what they do. They put on festivals, right? They, they don't run the festivals. They run the music, the stage, the band, everything. So those guys are so professional and took the whole thing over. I don't think we would have got, you know, off the ground at all if it wasn't for them. Uh, they have the stage, they bring it in, they hook it up, they do all the lighting, they, they get the bands, the bands come in, check in with them, get them on stage, and I didn't have to do anything, right? But pay them, changer. right? Yeah. And they, you know, that, that was a majority of the cost to put a festival on was paying them, but it's like, it's worth every penny because they get it done. So you know, bringing them in was, was huge. We picked all the bands ourselves and found those bands. We did contests and things like that, which was fun. Um, and then we get sponsors. So, you know, you get the sponsors, that'll pay for stuff, it's a lot easier to get things done, right? So if you sell $80,000 in sponsorships, you have the money to hire the right people to get the stuff you need done. So so the first year, you know, we, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't make any money for the first two years, right? And the third year we were ready to make some good money and then it rained. So that's the that's the problem with that. I remember um, that. So it's, you know, it's always but, you know, for us it was it was great exposure and, and a lot of fun to do and and I love watching the videos. You go onto Vimeo and type in, you know, HMAG or Lackawanna Music Festival and, and see the professional videos we did to, to show what the day was about. It was really cool. It was a good experience. So um, so that's how we did it. And we, you know, again, any business or any idea you have, you got to find people that know what they're doing in that. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you know, it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Tell me, well, one of the things that I love about relationships and, and networking in general, uh, one of the best things is, um, you know, a strong network, you know, helps uh, identify the weakness of the individual and surround it with the strength of the group. And it sounds like that's what you did. You found, you know, you knew it wasn't your, you know, that wasn't your bellywick, but you found the right people to do that. Yeah, you always got to find the person to do it, like, right? Finance isn't my cup of tea, right? I could bring money in, but don't let me touch it from there. I'll have somebody else manage it and do all that, right? And you have to find somebody that is good at finance to run your run that part of the business, right? Or technology. Like, I couldn't build, you know, anything in technology besides a WordPress site, which could kind of build a WordPress site, you know? Um, but you got to find a good person that knows what you're doing. So anytime I've ever developed anything, it's like, I need that right person that's going to be able to, to do it right, you know? Yeah. 
Have you always had uh, the ability to be able to attract people? Is this something that, that, you know, it sounds like you've got some hustle, it's in your DNA, but how much of it was, okay, you've got this DNA of the ability to, to lead and for people to like you. Uh, at what point did you realize, okay, this is my strength, I need to develop this and, and then put some kind of plan together? Well, I, you know, I guess I, you know, I, um, you know, back in high school when I, when I became, you know, vice president of my class and, you know, ran to become that and, and people started kind of like watching and following and, and I always remember Brother Dugan saying, you know, you're, you know, you're a leader, Joe, you're, you know, there's not many people out there, but you're one of them and, uh, you know, that that's when I got in my head that, well, actually, you know, people are, are listening and, you know, and if you take charge and get things done, like, you go ahead and do it. So, after that, I always got involved. I was always involved in college and whatever fraternity or big brothers, big sisters or whatever it is, I was always in charge, you know, um, Never, never the president. I never wanted to be the president. I was a couple of times, but I was always the guy getting shit done. Right? Smart. Like I'd rather be the guy behind the scenes. I'm not very organized. Um, I'm more of the idea guy. So I was always coming up with the ideas. Um, uh, my buddy Matt Blance always said in the fraternity meetings, he'd be like, "All right, your social chair." Be like, "I say we have ten kegs this weekend. And we get a band, blah, 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 and everyone rally behind it. Be like, let's do it, you know, and then just get it done." Um, so I've always, yeah, I guess I've always been good at sales, right? So you have an idea, you got to sell to people, and you got to sell people to get behind you. So like when we had the idea of HMAG, it was like, this is what we're going to do, and let's do it. And we kept talking about it, hemming and hawing about it. I'm like, guys, look, we're going to launch in November. This is it. We're doing it, and let's get it done. And everyone's like, all right, let's do it. You know, when we did the American Legion here in Hoboken, you know, I met the guys at an HMAG party, and the, and the, the John Kerry and all the, the, the vets were there, and they told me about how the Legion was not repaired. It's been two years since Sandy. Nobody's done anything to town. No, nobody's done anything to help you guys. So I went to my wife the next day. I said, you know what? Christmas is three weeks from now. Like, let's build this. Let's get this hall ready for these guys and surprise them, right? And she's like, you're nuts. But, of course, you know, it's the vets and these guys are great. And, you know, if you think you could do it, do it. So next meeting, uh, next day, I went to the Rotary meeting and, I said, look, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I want to pass this by you guys. It's three weeks till Christmas. We could go in, redo the, the American Legion, you know, put up some paint cosmetically, just get them up and running again so they could go and have their meetings. And not one person said no. They're like, let's do it. And we literally were in there the next day. Um, Lori Heidenry, you know, and John um, from Redbridge Homes, he was like, they're great. We got guys that are sitting around this week, so you could get drywall in there. We'll start putting up tomorrow. And literally, Tuesday was a meeting. Wednesday, we're in there putting drywall up. Um, and we just got it done. And within three weeks, we had a new hall and, you know, I mean, drywall paint, paint the floors, new furniture, everything. And we surprised the vets a couple of weeks later and said, here's your new place. So they got, they were able to get that. So, yeah, I think so, you know, getting people behind you and getting, you know, showing that you're passionate about it, but, you know, realistic goals on things that you could do. But, you know, I think a lot of the problem is, is people have ideas, but they just don't actually put them through. Like, you know, I'll, any idea I have, I just, get it done put it through and see if it sticks if it doesn't stick you'll know right away and then you drop it and go to the next idea right so um but you know you got to get some people and know where to go to get people behind you so yeah um you you do so many things uh for charities and and just you just have a lot of benevolence is that something that you've always done or what gravitated you towards doing things like that yeah, you know, my parents is always what, you know, it goes back to because they were always doing things all the time. You know, I always remember when one Christmas time, um, my dad came home with this huge, like, seven-foot stocking filled with toys. And we were all like, 
that's awesome. Like, let's let's open them. Like, what are you doing? My dad's like, no, 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 this is not for us, guys. But you got it for free, Dad. Like, he, you know, my parents got, I forget where they got this thing. Somebody gave it to them. And they're like, no, we're going to go give it to, and I don't know who it was, but one of my dad's and, and mom's friend um, was, you know, they were in bad shape. Like, the kids, they didn't have any money to get the kids presents, like, for Christmas, right? So we drove over there in the car, remember, and we put it against their door and just took off. Right. And I was like, wait, why don't you knock on their door? Tell them, right? You know, you got to tell them it's from you, right? You need the credit for doing that. You need to, you know, pound your chest and say, look what I did. I'm a great person, you know. But they didn't. They just left, you know. And I, I always was like, huh, that's cool. So, you know, so I think that kind of maybe started it and said, I want to do good things for people too. And uh, so I've always done that, right? And now, you know, part of Facebook and it, it is kind of annoying that now it's kind of used as almost a tool for business. Like, look at me, look how great I am when I'm doing for charity. It's like, you know, I got a friend in Ohio that I just found out for the last 15 years. He's been every weekend teaching kids with disabilities how to ski. And this is like one of my best friends from college. And I'm mm. like, he's never, ever mentioned that before. You know, ever. Like, you know, and doesn't post it and doesn't do all that. You know, so I think a lot of people nowadays are just, you know, let me do this and then post it on Facebook so people could see what I'm doing, give me business. I'm good, you know, it's like, you know, you know, the people that are doing it without asking. So, um, so I listen, it, you know, you do things because you want to do things and do, you know, so I always done that. But, um, and you'll get things out of it as well. People start to know you and they trust you and they think you're a good person. And yeah, eventually someone's going to be like, oh, I need something. Let me call Joe. He's a good guy. So it, it obviously helps in the end to do some good things as well. But, just, you know, the look on the, the vet's face when we open the door and they're like, holy crap, like we got our home back. And these guys are these guys are men that fought in wars that are crying about getting their home back. You know, it's just and it's just a haul to us. It's just a haul to them. It's a home like they you know, if you're a vet, you don't they're not going to talk to me about what it was like to be in Vietnam. Like, who am I? You know, I was drinking beers in the woods when I was 16 years old, yeah. you know, somewhere they were fighting overseas, you know, Can't so even fathom. So, you know, to, to do something for those guys and then all they do is thank you. And it's like, dude, you guys did a hell of a lot more than we ever did. So it's, it's you know, it's a good feeling when you see that. So Yeah. I mean, you've built some amazing relationships. And, and what we learned, what I learned last time is I, I just assumed that you've been in Hoboken for years and been involved for years. But, you know, you really, 2008, you said, or 2000. Yeah, well, you know, my first 10 years in Hoboken, I had a business that, you know, was in Englewood and and I had an office in New York City and that's that's what I did. And I came home to Hoboken to, you know, go to Stinky Sullivan's for Dollar Drafts on Thursdays <laughs> and, and come home from there, you know, and and, uh, and hang out with the three guys that I live with, right? And that was it. I didn't have any involvement in Hoboken. I don't know who was who, what, who was the mayor, like whatever. Um but when I launched HMAG and moved my office here, it's like, okay, now I got to build up some business here and build up my you know, reputation and, and I got to build the magazine up. So that's when I got involved and, and I joined the Rotary Club and I joined the Chamber of Commerce and whatever else and started doing these H-mixers. And next thing I know, I know everybody in town. But before 2009, if I knew 20 people in town, it was probably a lot. You know, that's, um, that's impressive and it's you know but that's about building relationships and networking right and just doing things and getting yourself out there like you don't get out and meet people they're never gonna know who you are or what you do so uh, you know 
you know, a lot of times I didn't want to go out again. And my wife's like, oh, I'm going to your HMAC party again. And I'm like, it's not going out. It's like, I got to be on. I got to be talking to people. I got to be listening to 20 different people. Introduce me to that person to write about them in a magazine. It's, it's you know, you're out there. You're having a couple of drinks and you're having a little fun. But it's, you're, you're still working. But that's how you meet people. And, and that's how I got to know a lot of different people. So, um, yeah. But before that, yeah, I didn't know anybody down. So. I mean, you did that quickly. I, yeah. Tell me about some of the relationships or I don't know if there's a, do you have a philosophy on relationships? I mean, every time I see you, you got a smile on your face. You're always willing to help. You're doing something good. How, why? Was there a driver? Philosophy? Yeah, I mean, well, look, yeah. I mean, you have a business, but every business is you behind it, right? So if you're the guy that's in charge of the business, if you, your reputation's got to be spot on and and you know so you know always try and do right by people if someone was wasn't happy with hmag was, all right you could stop advertising anytime you want you have a contract but if you're if you don't like it that's fine um i always try and get business for any advertiser that i had introduce them to people and oh thank you oh you know i have a realtor like here's a guy looking to buy eight hundred thousand dollar condo in hoboken and they do it it's like well i've just paid for my advertising for the next five years so do they do you, do you find people that appreciate that they get the fact that you've made that connection? Because that, yeah, that's, I, mean, I think I yeah. did it just you know anyone that advertised like when we had the H mixers like well I'm going to bring a hundred of my closest friends to your restaurant and they're all going to spend money here. Um, you know, realtors try and get them business. You know, whoever else advertised it, try and get them business. I think they you know they got it right. Like uh, Narav who owned the melting pot and a bunch of bars in town. He's like, I'll always advertise you, Joe. You 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 bring the party store a place that pays for all my average free advertising why wouldn't i do it so some people get it and some people don't you know you can only you know you know, can't bang you know knowledge into somebody's head and make them get something but yeah. so some people would be like oh it's not working I'm like okay you're done you can get out of it but uh but i think doing a lot of good things in town and building that trust and relationship and then you know people then all of a sudden started calling me for everything right so once you build up a reputation in town and of doing good things and people would just naturally start to call you like hey i need this or i need that i'm hiring somebody or i need a web person you know anyone they would just call me for everything and that's kind of the basis of the new company i started is just people calling me for things all right i'll connect you with them and then i'll you know i'll take a referral fee on and that's what i'm doing now so um talk, but, talk about that tell us about your business i, I love the idea it's a great and not only is it just a good idea but i have a feeling it's going to be another one of your successful businesses well, you know, I sold uh, HMAG and, and uh, the agency in, back in 2015, and then it was like, okay, well, I have these other businesses like the uh, Hoboken Ale, the beer company started, uh, this wedding site that I launched called Pre-Gifting, um, and a couple other things I'm working on. But, you know, how do I make money while I'm growing these other businesses that will eventually sell down the road? So I started uh, what I call the Fin Connective, right? I knew a lot of people in marketing, and I knew a lot of clients and different people out there that needed marketing. So I said, well, let me connect them. You know, at, when I had the agency, you know, there were times like people, you know, hey, do you do this? Sure, I do that. Right? You don't really do that, but it's something you could, you know, you got to keep the lights on. Now, what I wanted to do with the Fin Connective was really connect people with the right um, you know, resource that they needed. So if somebody needed SEO, search engine optimization, I didn't just give them the web agency that built websites, but they also do SEO, but they're sending it to somebody that does SEO and just marketing it up, right? So now I go to companies and say, let me, let's talk about what you need. What do you need for marketing? Um, and I'll connect you with the right resource for that. Let's work on your budget. I'll talk to you about what you think you should spend. I mean, you know, make sure they're not spending too much money and make sure the money they are spending is spent in the right place, right? Because, 
you know, anyone will sell you on an idea. I'm like, Adam, you should build a $50,000, you know, website for what you need. It's like, no, you, you need a $20,000 site, right? I had a company that uh, had $80,000 for the website and they did shipping containers. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of website you're going to build for shipping container industry that's worth $80,000, but it's, you know. Um, so I said, look, I would potentially spend, you know, 20, 25 tops if you want the best shipping container site ever built known to man. But spend the rest of that money driving traffic or not even, you know, you might not even need SEO because who's typing in to buy a shipping container? Like, right. So I go with companies and I try and understand who their demographic is and what they need. Just because social media is big doesn't mean it's going to help your business, right? And SEO and all that depends how you attract clients, right? I have one client that does, um, I'm talking to now that wanted to redo the website. I'm like, your website's pretty good. I wouldn't spend any money on redoing it. How are you getting clients? Is anyone even going to your website? No, we maybe get a couple people here and there. So I'm like, where do you get your business? They get them from resorts, right? They do like corporate training and events and they get them from resorts. I'm like, then you should be going after those resorts. How do you get to other resort owners and people that are running? That's who you want to get to. If those people aren't going to your website to find you, you got to go after them. And there's other ways to get it. You might not have to do anything digitally. You know, you might send them some cool package in the mail to get their attention. I mean, there's other things you could do, right? So, so that's the the, the business, and uh, and now I've expanded. I brought on a partner, Frank, and now it's called the Connective, uh, and we're connecting people with all sorts of industries. You know, um, I got uh, a buddy that does hotel refinancing, right? So, you know, the connectors are the people that I know that are connectors like me that really know a lot of people and always referring business out, and then connecting them to these partners that aren't necessarily, you know, they do a great job and are good at, at what they do, but they're not salespeople. They don't want to go out. They don't want to sell. They don't want to go to meetings. They don't want to do all the networking. It's like, well, I got a group of people that like to do that and are going to give you business. And then we take a cut from them. But, you know, the hotel refinancing company, right? F10 Hotels, my buddy owns down in Florida. It's like, you might not have anything to do with the hotel industry being Adam Connors, what you do. Like my friend Ken, who's one of our connectors, it's nothing to do. He owns a home health aid company, Right. What does that have to do with hotels? Nothing, but his father-in-law owns, happens to own a piece of property in Fort Myers Beach that's approved to put a hotel, marina, like it's like a $300 million project. And he doesn't know where to go to get it done. But Rennie does. Rennie's in the hotel industry. He finances these deals every day. So he's connecting. So I connected them, and they're putting this whole deal together. So, you know, I mean, that one's a long shot if I could get a $300 million deal. But that's the point of it. It's all these disparate industries that you might not know anything about or involved, but you know somebody in it, right? Let's talk. Sorry to interrupt you for a second, but let's talk about that. How did you know who, you know, you you built these relationships or you knew someone who knew these relationships? Talk to me about that. Those are, you've got, you've got friends and you've got something called fringe friends and there's all these different sub groups or or people that make up di- different networks um a how do you know them um b how do you uh, connect them walk walk me through that yeah so it's you know i don't know if it's a gut feeling or whatever but i've always like met people i'm like i want to talk to that person about something whatever it is you know i see something um so you know the connectors i'm bringing in are people that i've either known for a while that I know are out there. Like I was in a networking group with them and they were the ones that were always bringing in deals, right? If you go to a B&I group, which is Business Network International, it's great. I was always in B&I, but there's always, you know, probably five people out of the 30 or 40 members that are ones bringing in deals and bringing in real deals. Like not, you know, call that guy and call me. He has no, no idea what you want. <laughs> so, you know, you find people like that and just like, hey, look, I'm starting this new thing. 
um, do that. And then you find other people. There's a guy, um, this, uh, Gaetano Sacco, right? He's a finance guy. And uh, I met him at an event like last year that I went to for a charity thing. And he started talking to me, asking all these questions of what I was doing. And, and he was like, wow, you really know a lot of people. Like, uh, you know stuff. And he, you know, he reached out to me like the next day and constantly following up with me and always coming to, to different events and always calling me. And, you know, I'm like, this guy has got some, you know, you know, got some gusto and he wants to get things done and, and he's reaching out to me and he understands the power of networking. I'm like, I want that guy on. Like he called me again recently when I was starting this and he's like, Hey Joe, just following up. We talked about some 401k stuff at some point. How's that? I'm like, listen, it's not happening yet. We're still that business is still going, but how'd you like to be part of this connective? And he's like, yeah, I'm in. Like, I don't even need, well, you want to think, nope, I'm in. And that's, you know, that's <laughs> the people it. I want that are like, I don't need to be, go beyond this phone call. I'm in. I know what you're doing. I don't want to do it. So that's how I find the people. And I, and I know what, you know, they're doing. I kind of test them out a little bit, right? Another guy I met at the Chamber of Commerce in Westfield that I joined and I sat with him and, and talked to him. He happened to be a finance guy too. And and he was talking to me and, and getting it, and I was explaining what I'm doing. He's like, okay. And I gave him my card, and I'm like, let me see if he calls. You know, let me see if he follows up. You know, that's the test to see. And the next morning, first thing, he was following up with me. I'm like, all right, I want to talk to him more. So, um, yeah, kind of like it's almost like you're hiring somebody. You're giving them a little test to see how they're going to do if you bring them on, right? So that's how I kind of find people. And it could be people from anywhere, right? Um, what do you um, – so try before you buy. I like that idea. Yeah. What's the criteria that you're looking for? Like I like that you just – you know, the re- other than the, the quick re- uh, turnaround in time. You know, I like 24 to 48 hours, um, but there are other things that I look for too. Tell me about the things that you're evaluating when considering someone. Yeah, so obviously the follow-up. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook you up with that person or whatever, and then you just never hear from them again. So follow up's the biggest thing I think out of any of it, right? And if they say you're gonna do something, then you do it, right? Like that's what I always like. I'm gonna hook you up with this person. I'm gonna connect you to that. Like I better do it, you know. And a lot of people don't, so then they're automatically gone. So, um, so what, what I'm looking for are, are people that are out there that I know, obviously extroverts, ones talking to everybody and knowing everybody. And you could tell them just going to an event and, and seeing that. But then as far as you know, moving forward with me bringing them in, I say, look, I need two things from you. I need you to be at the meeting once a month. It's 12 meetings a year. You got to have a commitment to be there. I don't care if you know you got to range your tickets or something else. Like You should be at this meeting because um, I'm going to bring you business. I'm not asking for any money. I'm not asking for anything except your time, three hours a month. That's it. And then you got to bring leads in. Like, I need to see, you know, you bringing in potential deals. And that's it. So that's two criteria. You bring in deals, we make money, you make money. And any t- deal that these people bring in, they make, you know, a part of it. So, what, Are there any things that you teach them on how to think about other people? Cause, yeah, so I, yeah. yeah, so I, you know, we went through a whole, you know, we, first meeting was four hours because we had to go through, you know, what it is to be a connector, what we're expecting, and how to be a good connector. So, right? So the biggest thing is listening, right? Like, you got to listen. You gotta, you're out there all the time. And I told him the story about my wife because she doesn't listen. <laughs> or listen. You know, it's, 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 thing, it's listening and hearing. Like, you know, yeah. my grandmother used to say, you hear me, but do you heed me, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? And are you going to take that? Do you remember the Saturday Night Live? The you know the pump you up. Oh yeah, listen to me now or hear me now and listen to me later. (laughs) So you know we were selling our place here in Hoboken, right? We had this little um, you know brownstone. It was twelve and a half feet wide, but it's really adorable like place. It's really that's what we loved about it, right? 
So we're putting it on the market the next week. We decide we're selling. So we come out of the house the week before, and this woman stops her on the street and says, um, excuse me, sorry to bother you. I love your house. It's my favorite house on the block, right? I love it. My, I told my husband, if we ever if that house ever goes on the market, we're going to buy it. I love your house. My wife's like, oh, thank you so much. It's so nice. You're so sweet. Thank you. Appreciate it. And walks away. So I get in the car, drive around the corner, stop this woman. I say, excuse me, I'm not stalking you. What my wife meant to say is we're putting it on the market on Monday. I'm like, you know, so it's, you know, there's people telling you things all the, all the time. It's just whether you listen or not to it, right? So, um, you know, when somebody's talking to you at a party and they're like, yeah, hey, Adam, yeah, things are great. Yeah, we're going to be moving out of town. No, we decided, you know, the school's out there and everything like that. So, but everything else is going well with work and stuff like that. And they go on. All I'm hearing is you're moving. So, you know, there's a potential mortgage there. There's a potential sale for a house. There's movers. There's all. So for all the people we're bringing into this group that we can refer business to, it's like there's four or five right there for those people that they're going to need different things for, right? So um, it's anything. You know, my neighbor is talking about, um, you know, an ad agency they were bringing in. You know, he's talking about the Giants and football and, and this guy that was an Eagles fan, and he's telling him about being an Eagles fan. He's like, well, I'm the Giants fan, and he doesn't realize that, He's an Eagles fan. I'm the guy making the decision for this new agency we're bringing in. And it's great about football, but all I'm hearing is they're bringing a new agency and I'm the decision maker. So, that you know, if you just listen, people are telling you what they need and that those are the opportunities you bring up. So I tell them to listen. I tell them to ask questions. Hey, Adam, you know what? Anything, you got, you're starting this new business network-wise. Is there anything you're looking for? There's got to be something you need. Oh, well, you know what? I want to I want to trademark everything. Do you have an IP lawyer? Sure, I do. Yeah, and that's how we refer it out. So you got to ask. Everybody has something, right? Sarah, I'm sure you have something. I'm sure you have something right now that you need in the next month or two, some sort of service, right? And it could be anything. A new accounting, right? We brought an accounting person because taxes are coming up. Everyone's thinking they're going to switch accounts or maybe they move, they need a new accountant. So I tell them to ask. And then um, network, obviously, go out to all these different events and do all that type of stuff. And then the last one is going to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just a, I mean, it's just, if you're not on LinkedIn, people are not. I'm like, how could you not? Blows my mind. How are you in business and not on LinkedIn? I mean, it's just the easiest thing in the world. So it's like I say to all the guys, like, go on, look at the different partners we have. And if it's the hotel industry or it's, um, you know, whatever industry it is that these people are representing, you know, find out who you know in that industry. Go on, to type in Marriott, Hilton, whatever businesses that are in that industry and see if you know somebody there. Chances are you're going to know somebody somewhere to connect you along the way. And it's usually a good connection, right? I, I only use LinkedIn where I know somebody, right? I would ask you. But Sarah and I, we just met. I don't know you that well that you're going to stick your neck out for me to introduce me to somebody that you don't, you know. So um, it's usually someone that's close network that you could go on to LinkedIn and be like, oh, I know somebody here. Call them up and be like, hey, you happen to be looking for refinancing for or know anyone in finance and merit. Oh yeah, actually I'm good friends with the guy that's in financing. They're going to redo all the hotels right now. So, you know, you got to use LinkedIn and go on. So those are a couple of things that you could find, you know, business and it doesn't have to be with my business, it's any business, right? Same thing. Listen all the time. Like there's people telling you everything and then, you know, ask clients for referrals or ask somebody else, Hey, you like my service and anyone else that you have that you connect me with. So, and you just got to put yourself out there and do that. So. Yeah, that reminds me of a, um, a friend of mine. Her father used to say all the time, you know, to, to your point about listening, that life's an open book test. You just got to open. You just got to open the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, where do you see most people dropping the ball when it comes to networking? You know, I think 
you know, I think it's just people don't, you know, don't do the simple things of just following up or, you know, they go there and they get your card and all they do is put you on their email list and you start getting emails from them. I'm not going to respond to you just because you gave your, my card to who's ever in charge of your marketing at your office and they put me on a list to get your finance things. I'm like, I have nothing to do with finance. I told you that. I don't handle finance. My wife handles it all for us. So why are you sending me stuff about finance? Just because you met me, at, that's never going to get business from me. you got to follow up or take me to lunch or something, you know, something like that. But a lot of people will just, you know, they'll meet you and it's all great and they got an opportunity and just don't follow up. You know, I met a guy recently. Um, I was having lunch in Westfield and the guy does videos. Right, I do videos. I used to do all the stuff for the Jets and this and that. And so obviously, if you're not doing work for the Jets if you're not pretty good at what you do. And he's like, I'm telling him what I do, and he's like, that's a, that's what I need, man. He's like, I'm trying to get new business. I'm trying to start up. I'm like, okay, my business finds deals and gives them the video people like you. And he's like, I'm gonna call you tonight, whatever. Never heard from the guy. I'm like, I, you know, happens so often. Just happen to meet me and be like. I'd love somebody that would just hand me business, and only if I get business from you do I have to pay you anything. I'd love to do that. Yeah, never heard, never heard a single word from the guy. And we knew connections from high school. We knew, like, actually, you know, he knew my brother, and he knew other people. I'm like, it's just like. So no, not even an obligation. To no, do, yeah. it's just like, you know, I'm never going to. I'm never going to follow up. You know, if you, if you call me now, I'd be like, you had an opportunity three months ago. Like, what are you going to do when my clients call? And yeah, like, oh, that's a good I don't point. I feel like getting back to you now. So, yeah, people, you know, just to follow up, it's all you have to do. You follow up people, and then you're going to get business. And, and they're testing you because, again, if you don't follow up with them, what are you going to do when you introduce them to somebody? Yeah, that's a great point. You become, again, you're, you're in a business of your reputation. Yeah. And, and uh, your reputation walks in the door before you do. Yeah. So. And every one of our partners that we're bringing into this new business is vetted out, and I know that they're going to get back to people. And if they don't, and that's how I test them out. I'm like, hey, I got an opportunity for you before I actually do it. Make sure that they respond to me and get back to me and whatever. And there's been a couple already that you know, don't respond. I'm like, you're out. Like, that's it. Yeah. You don't respond to me. You're not going to respond to my clients. I'm not going to even put you out there because the first time that someone calls the connective and goes through us and uses us and it doesn't work, they're never going to call me back, right? I want them to call me now for their website, but two months from now, I want them to call me for something else. Like, oh, you hooked me up with a good web person. Now I need an accountant. Two months later, they call me for a lawyer, and they just keep coming back to me because I have good connections for them. And that's our secret sauce. not secret. We just have good people that we know will get the job done. That's great. It's such a great resource. I love what you're doing. There is something that, that you shared with me a time that we talked, and it was about networking events. And I think it's great advice because a lot of people feel that, you know, they think of networking as a dirty word, which I completely disagree with. It's just more about a, a mindset, but that's for another time. But um, people think that they've got to go to these events and they have to talk to everybody and they've got to get a bunch of cards. And why don't you tell us your perspective on going to some of these events? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like anything, it's quanti uh, quanti quality, not quantity. Um, I had to go to events and you try and shake a hundred people's hands just to give your boss a bunch of cards the next day and be like, look what I did. I mean, you're not, you're not doing anything for yourself. You're just, you know, you're pleasing your boss because you went to an event, right? You got to find one person at that event, right? If I'm sitting at an event, I talk to this person and then that person, it's like, oh, finance, I'm not involved with that. I don't do anything with that. I don't want to talk to, you know, and you politely, you know, talk to them for a little bit and maybe, you know, you could have a good conversation with somebody and then move on. Um, let's get to people and be like, hi, what do you do? Fine. Oh, no. 
good. Here's my card. You move on and start getting emails from them. So whenever I go to an event, I'm trying to find one person, one good contact that's like a perfect match for me. Like I was talking about the video guy. It's like, oh, you do videos? I have a company that finds clients to, to send work to video companies. If I'm that guy, I want to talk to me all night. That's that's all I need to talk to because I'm, I'm a great resource for business. So when I go to an event, I latch on to one person that I find and be like, this is the guy. This is the guy I need to hang out with all night. I'll spend an hour or two hours, whatever. If they're really a good opportunity for me, like they're the one person I need to talk to. I don't need to talk to anyone else all night long. And I could talk to them for 15 minutes if they got to go and and they're a perfect match for me. I go home and and go back to my wife and kids and sit on the couch and pour scotch and watch a TV show. You know, because my job's done. I got a great contact, and it seems like a good you know somebody that's a good person I could get a good rapport with, right? So. And, and once you're there, you don't want to talk business with them there. All right, I'm not going to start pressing you. Be like, it's a good who do you point. use? Like, oh, do you, are you looking for a new agent? No, it's like, hey, Adam, what's up? So where are you living in Hoboken? Oh, I'm from... And then you start a report with them. Talk about maybe you guys are both Eagles fans or maybe you guys are both into fishing or whatever. Find something that you guys have a rapport and build that relationship with because they want to, you know, you want to talk to them about it. It's not just about grilling them for business. And you go out with them. One of my, one of my biggest clients ever, and was my biggest client for a while. I spent about six months going out to lunch with Jack. And that was it. Never asked him for business ever. He knew what I did. I was doing work for other people in his company. And me and him had such a great relationship that we were just, anytime I go to the company, I'd be like, yeah, I want to hang. I wanted to hang out with him and he wanted to hang out with me. And Jack was 65. I was 25. <laughs> and the two of us had a great, I just saw him over Christmas. Now he's, I'm 45, he's 85. And we went out and had a bunch of drinks over Christmas. I'm still good friends with him. But, you know, that was a relationship we built. And after like six months, all of a sudden he's like, hey, you know, uh, I have a project I want to talk to you about. Okay. But our relationship was already solid then. So, you, you know, build that rapport first and build a relationship with somebody. And then that's going to be a lot stronger over, you know, it's been 20 years that I've been friends with Jack. So, you know, um, you don't have to kill him in one night at that networking event. You're not going to close a deal and have, have them sign something that night that you're getting work. But if it's a good contact, that's all you need, that one contact, and then you know work on that relationship. A C- couple good takeaways on that. Uh, number one, I mean, you're so right about just establishing the relationship. you got to find the commonality. That's, that's just respect, number one. I also like the fact of zeroing in on, you know, if you do connect with one person or two, it's worth it. I just had an experience... Um, I was at a party in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago, and I ended up hanging with this one gentleman. He, he was great. Turns out, uh, towards the end of the night, I find out that um, he works for a company that's been gobbling up um, physical therapy, um, uh, you know, physical therapists, I should say, and I think they're at like 700 already. So come, uh, I come to find out that another friend of mine has a, a company that he helps from a technological standpoint, like uh, all these different types of um, telecom. He's able to, he goes into big companies and he saves them a significant amount of money. Minimum, he guarantees 10%. I'm introducing these guys. So, it, again, making the one connection, mm-hmm. then find, you know, had a good relationship with them, going to provide value and probably, you know, whatever 10% of, you know, 700, uh, you know, and, and telecom is not just your phones it's your wi-fi sure, it's, it's, yeah. it's everything yeah, it's so and then the last point that you made and it's I, maybe it was the first one but I, I think it's important to impress upon people is that the relationships are long term yeah. it, it, it's long term it's not transactional yeah i mean once you get a client to keep that client forever is huge you know it's hard to get new clients and 
build that and get them to trust you to give you that first job. So once you get in, you want to stick with that client. And, you know, my biggest clients were the ones that I had for years, you know. Um, and you keep getting business from them, and then they move to another company, and they bring you along, and they move to another company, and continue to work for the old company, but now you're with the new company. I mean, that's what you're building relationships on. Oh, yeah. And they just keep bringing you in. You know, and the other thing you could do at events, too, is usually now the events have guest lists. You know, so do a little research before you go in. Like Adam Connors, that's the guy I want to talk to. And find him, you know, your picture's on LinkedIn. You can find that one person, be like, because they say who they are and what they do. So it's like, if I'm trying to find marketing people, I'm going to find the four or five people that are marketing people. When I, I remember when I, and I was working for Jack at the time, the guy I mentioned, and uh, it was a trade show company, right? And it was a new marketing manager. This woman they, they hired. So I knew who it was, and I went to the event at the thing, and I zoned in on her and started talking to her. And, hey, oh, how are you? And we're talking, and we're getting along. We're having drinks and hanging out and chatting. And all of a sudden, she's like, oh. It's like, oh, yeah. She's like, what do you do? I said, oh, I, I do some market work. Jack and everything. She's like, oh, I'm the, I'm the new marketing manager for the show. Oh, you are? Wow. No shit. Like, that's why I'm talking to you. Like, you know, like, I zoned in on that person. I knew I wanted to talk to her. You know, I didn't tell her why I was talking to her, but I was like, I need to talk to you and we build rapport. And she happens to be the person. I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's why I went after you tonight to go talk to you and start, you know, building a relationship with you. And we did work together for, you know, five years from then on out. But wow. we started out by, you know, you know, I knew who I wanted to talk to, but I just didn't go in be like, hey, give me some work. Like, you know, let's let's talk about, you know, where are you from, what you do, and all that stuff. So Just some basic rapport. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how simple yeah. it is, simple yeah. as it, that can be. Um, anything that you wanted to ask me? I'm sorry, I've been dominating all the questions here for you. Um, no, I guess what's the, you know, what was the... Um, the light that went off for you to start this network wise obviously you you know you've been in a bunch of industries and i've i've watched you along the way and you used to do the recruiting and then you did the, the financing and then all of a sudden you're doing a whole company based around networking so obviously there was something that went off to get you to do this and there's a purpose behind it all uh, there is great question um similar to you i've always had pretty decent ideas and started some businesses and um, done well on some and not so well on others. But there's been a common theme um, in the successes that I've had, and it's all been the people that I've surrounded myself with. Um, would love to take credit myself, but I can't. I owe it all to uh, the good people that I've had the good fortune of being around. What, what, what prompted me to uh, this, this has been percolating for for a while. Uh, back in the days when I was doing recruiting, anytime that I had a seasoned executive or someone that was really successful or someone that I just really admired, I'd always ask them, "Hey, what would you do different in your career?" Outside of the, the joke about, "Hey, I wouldn't have gotten into this industry," the the consistent almost almost every time answer would have something to do with the network. I would have. You know, I would have built a bigger network or I really would have done better to my network. But there was just there was just a common uh, thread that was about networking. And, and if you look around, there's so few people that, in my opinion, really value relationships. They're so caught up in themselves that they don't realize that, you know, I call it selfish benevolence. You know, I selfishly help people. You know, um, I don't ever ask for things, but you'd be surprised at what good comes of it, especially if you ever need it. So, um, you know, my goal is is to to spread the gospel of 
the networking mindset of thinking of others first of to your, you know, everything you said, I agree with listening, listen to other people. Don't go into a conversation with like an agenda. Just, just listen, just let it go and just try to think about how you could help that person. And, and everybody, you know, what networking is, it's a proactive approach to relationship development aimed at, at uh, mutually benefiting all parties. And, and if you think about that, it's just, it's powerful. Sure. So um, your quick answer, I'm sorry for uh, such a, <laughs> going on such no, a tirade, but um, so that's what I'm doing. Um, really hoping to get this out to help people. And, and there's a, a, a real big social good that will come of more people thinking about others. So, right. um, so Joe, uh, how do people get connected to the connective? If the, they want, you want to, they want to tell you about their business or if maybe they want to be a connector to help. Yeah. You could either, you know, my direct number is 201-410-8282. I'm always, always got the phone on me. Um, or that, that's uh, okay for, yeah, you know, that's, okay. that's my number. So, um, and uh, Joe at the connective.us is uh, my email. So it's the connective.us. So, yeah, we're, listen, we're looking for connectors for people that are out there that are, are the person that, you know, their friends always say, that guy knows everybody. Like, that's the person we want. The person is connecting. And that person who wants to make some extra income, right? You can make a good amount of income off of just referrals that you're doing on a, on a daily basis that you, you're doing anyway and you don't even realize it. And now it's like, how to make some money off of doing that, right? And helping people, right? We're not just connecting just to connect. It's like, we're connecting you with the right company that's gonna do a good job by you and make sure your money's spent well in the right place to get results. And then we're always looking for good people that provide services. So if you have a service out there, if you're a web developer or an accountant or an IP lawyer or whatever other service you provide, you know, I got a guy that does corporate jets, I got someone that does kitchen cabinets, you know, any service like, we're going to look for people that do a great job, have a good reputation. You know, we do some some serious vetting when we bring somebody in to make sure that somebody's worked with them in a group. Somebody knows them. Yep, I worked with Adam for the last five years. He does a great job. And we check out their online presence, their reputation online, their reviews and all that stuff. You know, we're making sure we have the right people. So when we refer you to somebody, it's somebody that we've done our due diligence on and they're going to do a good job for you. So. Anyone that wants to, you know, help bring in more business to them, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll help. But you're going to go through the ringer to get it, to get uh, to become someone in that connective. Well, knowing you 10 years, I can feel confident uh, putting my name behind you. So uh, I, I wish you all the best. I really appreciate you coming in today. Um, you know, time's the most valuable commodity that we have, and you've given us your time. Right. Many thanks. thanks for having us. Thank you.